Hi, everybody. Welcome. Happy Wednesday to you. My name's Steve Childs, and uh, this is my weekly devotional called Straight from the Heart. And uh, glad that you're uh, tuning in today. If you're live, going to come on live with me, please put your name in the comments. Let me know that you're there. Uh, I always love seeing names of good friends flashing up on the screen. Or even if you're not a good friend, even if you're a new friend, or maybe you're not a friend at all. But uh, just love seeing who's joining me. So uh, as you come on, put your name in the comments so that I know that you're with me today. And uh, let me know where you're from, too. I'd uh, love, to, love to hear that as well. Uh, while I'm getting started here, uh, let me just... Uh, Talk, talk about a couple of things. One, next Wednesday will be my last um, week, weekly devotional that I'm going to do like this uh, for the summer. I'm going to go ahead and take a break uh, after next Wednesday and take uh, June, July off. And uh, maybe in August we'll do this again or um, we'll, we're going to get back to some of our Wednesday night stuff and uh, maybe doing this live on Wednesday evenings. Haven't decided yet, but uh, I'm going to be having knee surgery at the end of, end, end of June, and uh, we're trying to replace our student ministries pastor here. We've got a lot going on, and so I'm going to take a break uh, from this for the next uh, couple months and, um, and uh, hope that you, this has been a blessing to you. If you've missed any or would like to re-watch any of uh, these I've done on Wednesday, you can go to our church website, um, and uh, chartelchurch.org and go over to ministries and scroll down and click on that button and that should, you'll, should see straight from the heart and you can watch from there or you can go to my website godswordforyoutoday.com and uh, go down to straight from the heart click on that image and that'll take you to the same place and you can watch the past videos from there but either way if you want to see any of the things that I've done you can more than welcome to uh, to have at that. Uh, I've been in this uh, last few weeks talking about the power of being bold, and um, and today and next week I want to I want to wrap up uh, with talking about living with a bold love. Um, last week I, I talked about a, a bold faith and what does that look like, um, but as I was really thinking about this whole idea of of being bold, um, it really hit me that a lot of us don't understand what that means to really love in a bold way. And I want to break it into two parts. I was going to do it all in one, and there was just too much stuff um, that I saw, especially with something I'll share later that I, I found today that I thought is so good. Um, but uh, so I'm going to break it into to, to two parts. Uh, there's a verse from Proverbs 28.1, which is the verse that we've been um, uh, looking at, the kind of building off of. It says, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. And that's my challenge to you, is to fully lean in to all that God has for you so that you truly become bold as a lion. And again, I started this out talking about, you know, boldness isn't about being rude. It's not about being assertive. It's not all, you know, any of that, you know, that kind of yucky stuff. But bold really is about living your life with courage and confidence that we find in Jesus Christ. And that's what I want to I want to help you latch hold of. Um, I want to talk about today again. We talk about living with a bold love. Um, when Jesus was asked, "What's the greatest commandment?" Do you remember what what, it, what he, how he answered that? It said Jesus replied, "The most important commandment is this: Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God." with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And we, we get that. But listen, listen to this next verse, this next piece, because I think this is a part where we don't follow through as well. 
He says, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. And next week, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this in talking, finishing about this bold love and talking about loving others. But today, I, I want to I want to lean into you just a little bit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push, push on you just a little bit, because one of the things that I've noticed uh, in my own journey of faith and dealing with other people is that we've been taught uh, a lot in the church about loving other people, but what about loving yourself? Here's what I want to tell you. You'll never love other people effectively. You'll never love them in the way that God intended for you to love them unless you're able to love yourself as well. Now, again, you know, what does that mean? Well, it's not about being haughty or, you know, conceited or any of that, but it is about seeing yourself through the eyes of God and loving yourself as God loves you. Now, just again, this is just me and you, but I just want you to look at me for a second. Do you love you? I know that sounds funny, but do you really love you? When you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror and you look past the bags under our eyes and our must up hair or whatever, do you really love who you are? And does that show in the way that you act toward yourself and the way that you treat yourself and just as importantly, in the way that you allow others to treat you? Can I, can I, can I walk with you through this for a few minutes? Do you love yourself boldly? Now, what does that mean? Well, it means a few things. Um, I think it means accepting yourself as you are and not despising yourself for who you are not. Can I say that again? Loving yourself boldly is accepting yourself as you are and not despising yourself for who you are not. Uh, so interesting how many people uh, I talk to who really, you know, in the course of conversation, you begin to get the, uh, the, the sense that they really wish they were somebody else or they, they're constantly frustrated because they can't do some of the things that they really want to be able to do or they can't do them as well as somebody else does them. And um, it's so funny, when I played basketball, uh, you know, it was, we, we, there was always a, a saying that we had that every big man who played center and went inside, and every big man wanted to be a guard. They wanted to, you know, they, they wanted to handle the ball, they wanted to shoot from the outside and all of that, but, but because of their size, they weren't always able to do that. The, the dribble, the hand comes up further, you know, the ball's further down, and, and so they'd get the ball stolen, or they were a little clumsier than little shorter, you know, faster guys. And, um, and it's like every big guy wanted to dribble the ball up the court, and they shouldn't be doing that. They wanted to shoot from the outside, and they really shouldn't have been doing that. And, uh, and then the saying was, every big guy wants to be a guard, and every guard wants to be a center. Every little guy that I know who is quick and could dribble and could shoot, you know, they want to dunk the ball. They want to jump up and dunk the ball. They want to block, you know, they want to be a big, and it's like we're not happy with who we are. And one of the things we have to, you know, we have to come to terms with is God made us who we are for a reason. And you'll never really love to love yourself fully until you get comfortable in your own skin and really accept who you are and not just tolerate who you are, but really come to love who you are. Listen to this verse from Psalm 139, 14. The psalmist says, I praise you, Lord, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Do you believe that? Do you really believe that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Um, I remember John Maxwell telling a story uh, that I thought was so cool. He was talking about, uh, he was, had gotten invited to a premiere where a particular movie that was gonna, going to be released uh, was being shown. And at the premiere <clears throat> were all the people who made the movie, all the actors that were in the movie, and, and then a, a handful of, of selected people who were invited to be there for that. And he said he was, he was invited for that. And uh, he said, you know, he watched the movie and it was, you know, it was, a, it was a decent movie and all. He said, but what was so wild <clears throat> was when he got to the end, when the movie got to the end, he said he was ready to get up and leave. He said, but nobody moved. And he said, what began to happen is as the credits began to scroll, when it got past all of the actors who starred in the movie, when it got to, you know, who did the visual effects, who did, you know, who did the sound effects, who did this, who were the, you know, the, he said, when, whenever these names would scroll up, he said, the people whose names were scrolling up the screen, they would stand and said, and the whole audience would cheer. And he said, and then, you know, these guys, these guys who were, you know, helping with the set, these guys were helping with the lighting and these guys, he said, these are people that you would never know who they are. You'll never see their face on the screen, but their role was just as important to the making of this movie. And he said, what was really cool was how these people cheered for each other, cheering the fact that these may be behind the scenes role, but they're crucial to this product being made, to this movie being made. And when I, and I remembered that when I was writing these notes, and I thought, you know, that's, that's how we ought to be. There ought to be a firm appreciation for who you are and what you do. And I often, you know, tell people in the church, you know, there's very few of us to get a stand up on stage and preach or sing or do this kind of stuff. And we all, you know, cheer these people on. Oh, you guys are so great. You're such a great preacher. You're such a great singer, blah, blah, blah. But there are hundreds of other people who, who stand at the door and the warmth of their smile is the first thing that people see when they walk in. The people who sit in the nursery and take care of these babies and these little ones so parents can sit in the service and actually enjoy it without having a little one crawling all over them. There are people who get the donuts and coffee ready so we can come in and, and have something and make this a great experience. And all of these people who do they're all wonderful. And, and I don't know what God, how God made you or what he's given to you, but the best day of your life is going to be the day that you see yourself as fearfully and wonderfully made and you lean into who God created that you stop you stop complaining about who you're not and you accept and embrace who you are does that make sense to you that's a bold love for yourself a bold love for yourself is is believing that you're worthy of love do you believe that you're worthy of love simply because you're made in the image of God. You're worthy of love simply because you're made in the image of God. I, I can't, can't tell you how many people feel like they need to earn somebody's love, that, you know, I need, to, I need to be beautiful, I need to be handsome, I need to be strong, I need to be, you know, I need to be skinny, I need to be, you know, whatever. And, and it's like we, we don't feel like we're worthy of love, especially when we've been treated poorly uh, growing up. It's real easy to get in this mode that I'm just not worthy of being, of being loved. Look at me. Yes, you are. You are made in the image of God. 
And even when you're in your worst moments of life, even when you are, uh, you know, not living the way that you ought to live, even, even when you are doing despicable things, you are still a creation that's worthy of love. The Bible says that when God made us, that he made us just a little lower than the angels, and he crowned us with glory and honor. Look at me. you got to hear my heart. Don't care who you are, where you're at, where you're at on the journey of life, or where you've been this last week or month and the stuff that you've been doing. It doesn't matter. You are still loved by God and worthy of love from other people. I, I, I love how Paul said this in Romans 5, 8. He said, you know, God demonstrates his love for us in this. And it was while we were yet sinners that Christ died for us. Did you hear that? It wasn't when you were um, being very lovely. It wasn't when you were uh, doing a lot of wonderful stuff. It wasn't when you were, you know, all that you needed to be that God got. God loved you at your worst. And you need to be able to see yourself as someone who's worthy of being loved. Look at me. Please hear my heart. A lot of times it's because we don't believe that we are worthy of love, that we allow ourselves to be treated, ourselves to be treated in unloving ways. A lot of times the problem is not about people out there, it's how we see ourselves. Let that sink in for a little bit. Let me give you a third one. Bold love is loving yourself enough to take care of yourself. Bold love is, is, an, is it means uh, loving yourself enough to, to take care of yourself. Um, you know, God describes us as we are the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And these temples that God gave us are, are worth taking care of. Um, come on, it's just us. Some of us, some of us are really, really good at taking care of everybody around us, but we're not really good at taking care of ourselves. Whenever we take time for ourselves, whenever we, um, we, you know, we, we take time to relax or we take time to enjoy something or we take time to exercise or we take time you know, just to treat ourselves to something, we feel guilty about that. And you know what? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, loving yourself means taking care of yourself. Some of us, um, again, I think are finding ourselves frazzled because we're taking care of all these people around us but we're not taking care of us. There, there's a, uh, I, I promise you, this slipped through your, your, your radar for a lot of us. Um, and there's a verse in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. It's a story of Jesus on the boat with his disciples, and the storm comes up. You remember that? And the waves are crashing and, and all of that kind of stuff, and the wind's howling, and the disciples get afraid, and they yell at Jesus. Do you, do you remember where Jesus was and what he was doing? catch this it, it says and Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion now I, I, I want I want you to get the full meaning of this Jesus took naps I'm going to say that again Jesus took naps now why that's so important is because some of you the best thing you could do for yourself today is to take a good nap. Now, some of us, you know, we, we, we run really hard and we never slow down and we think that we're being diligent and we're not. We're being neurotic. 
And what Jesus showed us is, you know, he didn't, he didn't mind slowing the pace of life down. He, he didn't mind when the opportunity came to curl up on a cushion and take, take a good nap. You know what? <laughs> when, I, I want to I give you permission today to, 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 to work, if, you're, if you're at home or you're at a place where you can do this, just to kick back and close your eyes when I'm done. Take a, take a few minutes siesta. If anybody comes up and says, what in the world are you doing? Tell them, I'm being like Jesus. Jesus took naps. I'm going to take a nap today. I'm going to be like Jesus, okay? Love yourself enough to take care of yourself. Let me give you one more, and I want to, I want to end with this one. I've got uh, something I want, to, I want to read to you that, that I found today that was so good, and that is love yourself enough to draw boundaries with other people. Love yourself enough to draw boundaries with other people. Jesus did not have a hard time drawing boundaries. If you, if you follow the story in the Gospels, you'll find that, you know, they wanted Jesus to do this, and Jesus didn't do that unless that was what he felt his father wanted him to do. They wanted to make him king. He said, no, I haven't come to be an earthly king. They wanted, you know, they wanted to do this and that and the other. Jesus, you know, all, all of that. Even when, even when Jesus was teaching and healing, um, Mark chapter 5, it talks about Jesus was, was moving around, and he was teaching, and he was healing and instead, they were bringing people to him from everywhere. Now, anybody who does ministry gets this. You can do ministry 24-7, and you'll never have enough time to touch all the people who need to be, who want to be touched. It's just not enough time to do it all. But I, I love what it says. They were bringing these people from everywhere, asking Jesus to, to heal them. Verse Chapter 5, verse 16, here's what it says. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let me read that again. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In other words, these people who wanted Jesus to stay there, they wanted him to take care of them. He, they wanted him to teach him. They wanted him to heal him. They wanted him to spend all of his time. And Jesus, you know what? He did it to a point, but he came to a place where he said, you know what? It's time. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to retreat from the crowd. I'm going to go spend time with my father. I'm, I'm going to do ministry the way God, my father, as intended for me to do it. A lot of us in who, who are Christians, hear my heart, are also codependent. And that means that we don't know how to draw boundaries with people. Jesus was really clear that there will always be more need around us than we will ever be able to meet. Um, so we need to be able to, to draw healthy boundaries and, and do ministry in the strength and context that God wants us to do it. And sometimes for some of us, sometimes those boundaries are the hardest to draw with people who are close to us, sometimes a spouse, with kids, or even with our parents. Now, here's what I can tell you. The moment you begin to draw boundaries with people, especially if you've been at their beck and call every time you know they want something you've jumped to it and 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 as we do it here's the interesting thing we take care of people we do what we want them to do we do things we don't want to do uh, we give more than we should and all the time inside we're growing ever more resentful thinking that what we're doing is being Christ-like, but there's nothing Christ-like about doing something for someone and feeling uh, resentful about it on the inside. That's not the heart of God. It's good. It's Jesus went around doing good, but Jesus didn't have a problem either saying, I've done enough good for today. I'm done. And we need to be good at that too. Um, there's a, a fantastic book. If you haven't read it, it's called Crucial Conversations. And it's about how to have talks with people 
when the stakes are high, how to have good, hard conversations with people you need to have good conversations with. And, and I get an email from them. They do ongoing teaching, and I, I read their blog and their email because it's just really good about working with people. I, saw, I read one this morning, and I'm going to share this with you. Uh, for any of you who want a copy of it, if you'll put it in the comments, whatever, I'll be happy to, to email you a copy of it. Um, uh, it's just so good. But the, the, it, they have a, a place where people can write in questions. And this one was on how to set boundaries with a parent. And for those of us who have, who are as adults, have adult parents who sometimes kind of, you know, get a little heavy and ugly or whatever, this is just such a great blog. And I want to I read it to you. It's a little lengthy, but let me, let me read it to you and you'll understand why. Uh, the guy who's, who's, Joseph Grinney is one of the authors of Crucial Conversations, and he's the one they're directing us to. And here's what the writer uh, says to him. Yeah, the, he says, Dear Joseph, your advice for dealing with conflict often involves trying to see the other person as, quote, reasonable and rational. But what if this person is not clearly, is clearly not reasonable and rational? What if they are simply unable to listen, to reason, and to carry out any kind of agreement on how to, quote, get along? What if they will need, can neither conceive nor agree to any kind of ground rules? He says, after many years of struggle to build a relationship with my parents, it's become clear to me and my siblings that this parent is heavily narcissistic and unable to make changes in their behavior. Because this is a parent, I would still like to maintain some kind of contact. But anytime I try, it is very painful. It's especially hard being manipulated and feeling like I have to agree with their unreasonable opinions and behaviors. After listening to this parent's nonstop harangues, I am totally depleted. Signed, sadly, uh, sadly clear. And let, let me read his response. Joseph says, dear sadly, I am sorry. It's not easy to come to the conclusion you've come to, especially about a parent. But the fact that you've come to that conclusion is the answer to your question. The reason you're depleted is that you are in denial. You have all the information you need to make a decision, but you're not making it. I hope my suggestions to you will help you take that next step. You're right, you're correct that I often encourage people to resolve conflict in part by challenging their stories that they're telling themselves about others. But there comes a point when you've examined your role long enough and attempted healthy approaches to improving your relationship and nothing changes. Then you must conclude, this will never work. I'm going to use your own words to help you understand what this means. And he goes back to where the guy says, because this is apparent, I would still like to maintain some kind of contact, but anything, anytime I try, it is very painful. He said, you must set a boundary about how much contact you will have. You say you want to maintain contact, but it's painful. Why is it painful? It's painful because you keep hoping, listen to this so carefully, you, are, you keep hoping that they will be indifferent, you're, they, they will be different than your entire life experience has told you they are. If this is so, this is your problem. Your parent keeps showing you he, who he or she is, but you are imposing expectations on them to be different. Drop the expectation. Accept them as they are. Then ask yourself, how much time do I choose to spend with a person who is like this? Are you getting this? 
What he's saying is stop trying to change them and, and just realize you have to change how much contact with them you have. He says you apparently feel some obligation to care for your parents' needs. Good for you. But you are a person too. You have an obligation to care for your needs. How much can you discharge the duty you feel to your parent while still protecting your emotional well-being? Set a boundary that reflects this balance. If guilt is driving you to spend more time than your boundary would dictate, get yourself some emotional support to help you confront that guilt. Then he gives another quote from the, line, the letter that the guy wrote. The guy said, it is especially hard being manipulated and feeling like I have to agree with their unreasonable opinions and behaviors. And Joseph responded by saying, you've got some work to do here. Please don't hear my advice as judgmental. It's not. Everyone struggles with codependence, with codependence with various people in their lives, and you clearly are struggling with this parent. If you have truly concluded that they are heavily narcissistic and incapable of changing, you would be immune to their manip manipulation, and you would find it easy to shrug off their unreasonable opinions. The fact that their games are working on you is something that you need to work on. And while you're developing the emotional independence to do so, you should minimize or eliminate contact with them. As long as your contact is enabling their bad behavior and causing you suffering, it is doing neither of you any good. I'm going to read that line again. As long as your contact is enabling their bad behavior and causing you suffering, it is doing neither of you any good. He says, but be prepared. As you attempt to set boundaries, they will use any trick, every trick in the book to challenge them. So set a boundary about how you'll respond when they challenge your boundaries. For example, if you say they will only visit, you, know, you will only visit with them on the phone and for no more than 15 minutes a week, and they start leaving you voicemails, calling you names, and accusing you of crimes against humanity, if you're still struggling not to personalize those voicemails, then decide how you'll deal with these shenanigans. Perhaps you let them know that you're not going to listen to their voicemails, or perhaps you let them know you'll block their calls other than the 15 minutes a week that you're allowing. Decide how you will dip, deal with the manipulation, then stick with it. This is so huge because, again, what he says is take responsibility for the things that you can do and stop trying to, you know, figure out or manipulate what they can do. Here's the last piece. He, he quotes them again. He says, they, they said in their letter, after listening to this parent's nonstop harangues, I am totally depleted. Help. And here's what he says. Joseph said, here's the help. The way you'll know that you are keeping the right boundaries is that you will no longer feel depleted. You will feel empowered, centered, and strong. Anything less than peace means that you are taking unhealthy responsibility for your parents' needs at the cost of your own. This last little short paragraph is huge. He says, Joseph says, again, I'm sorry you don't have the parent you want. And I assure you that what's wearing you out is burning energy, hoping for someone to show up the way you want rather than the way they are. Accept reality, make the right decisions, and you'll be on your way to greater peace. You know, I think one of the greatest challenges that some of us have are how do we draw healthy boundaries with people? 
can, can we be honest? Um, a lot of us tolerate the intolerable in other people and we and we we tolerate that to a point where all of a sudden we 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 just our our emotional dam breaks and we can no longer deal with it and we cut off all contact altogether rather than as we feel that pressure mounting being able to say you know what this is costing me more personally or emotionally than I can deal with you know I need to set boundaries in place that keep me at a place of peace, that keep me under control, that keep me at a place where I'm not resenting, you know, being involved in a relationship with you. Um, if I could give you just one gift, honestly, for so many of us, if I could just give you one gift, it would really be to understand what Jesus meant when he said, you know what, yes, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart. But the second one is equally important. That's that you love others like you love yourself. For some of us, the greatest step toward really living with a bold love is loving ourselves well. Can I pray for you? Father, today I just, uh, I thank you for the, our session today and I, I thank you for these words that you've given to me and I know even as I wrote them Lord you you challenged my heart I'm a classic codependent and and sometimes Lord I the love that I've had for other people has not been a healthy love um, but God I, I pray that you would help us to take to heart the things that we share today that you truly would help us to accept ourselves as we are and not get upset that we're we, because we want to be different, to, but to love how you made us and really rest in that. Uh, God, I pray that you would help us to see ourselves as, as creations of yours, made in your image, worthy of love. And the day, Lord, we really believe we're worthy of love, it'll change how we allow other people to talk to us and to treat us. Father, I pray that you would love us and help us to love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves, that you, you'd help us to give ourselves permission to rest, to take breaks, to take naps, to, you know, to, to realize that we, we don't have to always be doing or giving, that it's okay to tend to our own needs. Jesus took time to sleep. He took time to nap. He took time to withdraw from the crowds and, and, and to take care of himself. And Lord, help us to do that well. And God, this last piece that I talked about today, help us to be good with boundaries. You know, Lord, sometimes it, it feels unchristian to draw boundaries. Um, Christians should be sacrificial, and that's true. We should be willing to give to others, and we should even be willing to sacrifice for others. But, Lord, there should be a balance to that, that even as we sacrifice for others, that we don't fully give ourselves away, that we sacrifice in the times and choosings that we choose to sacrifice. Jesus chose when he would heal and when he would walk away to spend time with his father. And Lord, we need to learn that art of how to love others while still loving ourselves with the bold love that you've given us. Lord, I pray for each and every person listening to this, every person watching this, that today you would put your hand upon their shoulders, that you would help them as they look in the mirror today, that they would see themselves as a man or woman created in the image of God and worthy of life 
and love. Lord, we love you so much. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, anybody who wants to copy my notes, as always, you can post it in the, in the comments or send me an email. I'll be happy to shoot, shoot that to you. If you want a copy of what I read to you about how to set boundaries with the parent, you can apply these principles to any relationship. I'll be happy to, to, to send that to you as well. Next week, again, I'm going to wrap up these uh, you know, straight from the heart for, for this, at this point in time for now. And uh, I'm going to talk about, continue with uh, uh, the living boldly, the power of being bold. And I'm going to talk about the power of bold love and loving others. Hope you can join me then. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.